Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Application Security Podcast. This week, we're joined by Matt Tesaro, a co-lead of the AppSec Pipeline Project. He talks about how they got started building this project and some ways for you to dive in as well. Hope you enjoy. The Application Security Podcast. Here we go. Hey folks, we're still at AppSec EU, and we have a chance to speak with Matt right now. Matt, would you introduce yourself real quick for the audience? Yeah, sure. Hi, this is Matt Tesaro. And Matt, we always start off with our security origin story. So how did you get into the world of security? Uh, it was kind of through a, a circuitous way, I guess. I uh, started out uh, after getting done with university and went to a, a telecom provider that, oddly enough, was the data center was in Texas, but all of our, you know, the vast majority of our clients were in Europe, particularly France, Belgium, Netherlands, and a bit in the UK. So uh, as a developer, when I nubbed it, I had somebody angry in Europe waking me up at 2 a.m. to drive back into the office <laughs> and fix things, which if for nothing else is a great incentive for quality. Um, but I went on from that job to start, uh, move to the actual Texas A&M University and work for them. Uh, and I hated the systems I was writing software for, so I started becoming a sysadmin. And from there, I kind of got a bit of a security bug. Um, got my CIS CISSP, and surprisingly, I wouldn't say this was a rational decision, but my next employer decided that because I had a CISSP, I'd make a great pen tester, <laughs> which was a stretch, but I took it, and I started doing pen testing, did that for quite a while as a consultant and also working internally. Um, and then my first real AppSec job was at the Texas Education Agency, where I was a one-man band. Um, there was me and 120-odd developers uh, and I just, I introduced them. Uh, I had a, one of the QA people tell me that they loved me because I really shook up things when I showed up and started <laughs> pointing <laughs> out security issues. That's a, um, good, yeah. uh, that's a good thing. And I just, from there, I, I, I found OWASP and have just been doing AppSec ever since. Very cool. And are you um, involved in the Austin? Did you say, what part of Texas are you I, I live in New Braunfels, which is midway between um, Austin and San Antonio. So I, I end up uh, going to both. Okay. I sometimes go to Austin, sometimes go to San Antonio. I'm about an hour to 45 minutes either direction, so it's not too bad. Okay, cool. And the, um, the I, I too had a little bit of a background in education, so I think that's a great playground for a number of things. And so, you know, we always have different listeners who are maybe new career people and stuff. And, and I always encourage folks, like, you know, if you can get a job early in education, it's, it's good because they don't pay, they're never going to pay you very well, but they'll give you a playground. Yeah. Oh, I got to do all kinds of experimentation. When I was working at, at A&M, this is not necessarily security related, but I just got a wild hair to play around with Gentoo Linux, and that's a kind of compile everything version of Linux. Yep. And I ran, I took some of the old beige boxes out of a student lab that we were going to retire and moved them up to a room and made a disk CC cluster. And so it, it, it does, it, it doesn't pay well, but the fringe benefits, the, the ability to play, experiment, and, and actually that's where I found WebGoat. I, uh, I was writing apps for the university, and I somehow, I don't remember how, stumbled upon WebGoat, the first OWASP thing I ever really ran into. And I went through the, the examples in there and went, oh, crap. 
I bet I have Zico injected in the thing I wrote. <laughs> and sure enough, like I went back and looked, and yeah, it was injectable, and the rest is history. Yeah, wow. That's that's cool that <laughs> your eyes were open to OWASP right in the EDU space. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, find a corporation for me where they'll let you just grab a bunch of computers you find in a room and build a lab somewhere. <laughs> like, nobody's going to let you do that in, in corporate America. So that's, yeah, that's great. So I know you're, you're heavily involved in the AppSec Pipeline project. And uh, why don't you tell us, start off by just telling us, what is this project and what are the pieces of it? Sure. It, it, was, it, it started out with myself and my co-lead, Aaron Weaver, uh, realizing, well, we, it started out really with us realizing there's a lot of good stuff at OWASP, but if you're running an AppSec program, there's not like a nice place to find those kind of things. You know, there's, I know because I've been in the, in the business for a while that I can use A, B, C, and D, and they're useful, but maybe if you're new to it or you've just, you know, suddenly been given the, hey, by the way, you're doing AppSec badge, you don't know what, what, what is useful and what isn't of the, the suite of things that OWASP has. So it gotcha. really started with that idea um, initially, um, but what it, it sort of morphed into was an idea. At the time, Aaron and I were working together at the same employer, and we did some interesting automation around security. And it was really to make, well, to be, well, at that employer at the time, it was a very large company. They had combined multiple divisions, and they were centralizing a lot of the security and so we had this very diverse global org that had thousands of applications and a very small team. And the very small team was sort of glued together from all these different pieces. And it was just kind of chaos. And so we kind of took a deep breath and said, How, what is the fundamental workflow of an AppSec team? And we defined that and added automation to it and called that the, sort of the first gen, if you want to call it, of an AppSec pipeline. And it was really inner-focused. It was like, how do I make the AppSec team go faster. And this was and, and this came to you out of necessity because you didn't have it's not like you had a hundred AppSec no. people on your team and you could distribute it across people. You had to solve it with tech. We had to solve it with tech because we had I'm trying to remember the numbers, it's been a couple of years. We had I think six or eight people total in the AppSec team. There was depending on who you ask is that's one of the things app inventory is sort of dicey. I think we had, I heard the numbers between 1,500 and 2,500 applications across wow. the business, and the developers were in the 6,000 range. Yeah. So, like, yeah, those ratios are awful. And yep. so if we're going to get any kind of coverage, we can't do it with bodies, you know, manually doing testing. Yep. And, yeah, that, that's what drove that sort of first gen of the application pipeline. And it was really... Let's figure out how to do some automation and some glue code to make our lives better so that we can do work quicker, faster. And, and we went from year one was 44 assessments. Two years later, we did uh, just over 400. Wow. Yeah, so over two years, we nine, I don't remember the number from my slide deck, but it was like an older slide deck. I think it was 9.4 times over two years increased the throughput of the team. Wow. So what are, the, what are some of the OWASP tools that people would recognize that are that are included in your AppSec pipeline here? Well, so that's an interesting question and a great question because at least in the second generation, the pipeline was really just a conceptual model. This is the, the framework in which you would actually um, lay out your own pipeline because that's one okay. of the tricks. Like every AppSec application team, honestly, an AppSec team has to deal with a unique environment. Yeah. Like everybody has their own very snowflakey idea of how apps should be built. And so we wanted to give a very broad framework to get that done. Okay. Um, the the sort of the one that I talked about at AppSec EU just now, um, 
That's what I would guess call, for lack of a better word, a third generation of this thinking. Um, and we have a specification and a concrete implementation of a tool that I call GASP because I'm bad at naming tools. It's the, <laughs> the Golang AppSec Pipeline because I could backronym that. Okay. Um, and that takes Docker containers with pre-confined tools and then runs them against, runs one or more of them in a predefined order against a target and a target being either a running application or source code. Okay. Um, and so that, that I announced today at, at AppSec EU and that's probably the latest generation of it. But the, the sort of the other big part of that is a OWASP project called Defect Dojo. Okay. That is a, a single source of truth for the activities in your application security program. So you track engagements, which is sort of just a way to say I'm talking with or interacting with an application in some sort of way. And it might be a single thing like I'm doing a threat model or it might be four or five things. I'm doing a threat model and looking at the static code and I'm looking with dependency check at their their library management, and I'm doing a manual test, right? And, that, and those act, those activities or engagements are designed to be something that the developer themselves, this is the tool is reporting this or the developer's reporting that? The, the tool is reporting tool. that for you so you can track it. A lot of that was driven from when I ran uh, the, uh, the product security group at Rackspace where inevitably you'd get a manager drive-by and say, hey, Mm -hmm. This is, of course, the critical thing. Drop all your tools and go work on X. Yep. And, and for a while, I just had to, from you know, the hip, decide, well, what is that going to cost the org? Well, now that I'm tracking it, I can say, great, I can go work on X, but Y, Z, and W aren't getting touched. And you'd have a lot of interesting conversations with management at that point of like, well, actually, Y and Z are really important too, but take the guy off W and put it on X. Yep. Like, great, we can do that. And it, now it, it allowed me to sort of have sane conversations about resource allocation of my team because, I mean, everyone's agile and things are switching around quickly and you have to shift work. But I didn't really understand the cost of that shifting until I had it managed with something like Defect Dojo. So, okay. So that allows you to, to quantify all the, of the, the sort of activities that are in flight or planned. Okay. Yeah. And then the other aspect of it is there are importers for tools and also a generic importer, if an importer doesn't exist, to pull in results from n number of security tools and normalize them into one sort of normalized format. Okay. And then you it does deduping, false positive management, and those kind of things. And then from there, I can take those results and push them into a bug tracker. I can do re reporting or metrics and all that other good stuff. Okay, so Defect Dojo is a fundamental piece of this AppSec pipeline then. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm lazy, uh, go figure. I, uh, and I don't do UIs very well. So the GASP tool is a command line tool that's really just meant to run behind the scenes, but you okay. need to sort of surface those in a usable fashion, and I use Defect Dojo for that. As the way to get it, okay. Yeah. After the break, Matt talks more about the tools in the AppSec Pipeline project. The Application Security Podcast operates with support from Security Journey. A security belt program provides the three pillars of successful AppSec training. Learning, application, and experience. Visit us on the web at www.securityjourney.com to learn how you can teach and empower your developers using a new kind of security training. Matt dives back in answering what other tools are found in the project. Well, the, the specification just talks about how to make the tools, but I we already have Zap, we have Dependency Check, uh, we have like 15 or some 20-odd doctors. I don't remember exactly how many. We have a okay. bunch of tools. Um, 
some of which are OWASP, some of which aren't. And actually, funny enough, the AppSec pipeline is an OWASP project, and Defectoja was an OWASP project. Yep. So yeah, and we're definitely dogfooding a lot of the OWASP stuff. Okay. Um, but really, it's 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 it is about the tools, but it's more about automating the tools. And the other thing is, you 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 understand your workflow very well. It's very well defined if you create this sort of pipeline idea. Like if you think about a CI/CD pipeline. Right. That is, I'm going to run these things, and at the end of it, I'm going to produce an artifact that I can go deploy to a server, or maybe mm-hmm. ideally, it is deployed to a server. Yep. So for an AppSec pipeline, at least in the way we conceive of it, you run these things, and at the end of it, the artifact is findings, security findings about the application that you just reviewed. So it's it fundamentally, it's a way to sort of, uh, well, the best use of it in my mind is to have a automated way to do baseline testing across the suite of applications that your program has. So if you have 200 applications and they're in various languages and you have a tool in the pipeline for all of those languages, I can run, like if you say have 36 uh, Python apps, right? I can run Bandit, a Python static analysis tool against all 36 apps. And now I have a relative uh, positioning in terms of security of all of my suite of Python apps. Right, because if this one is very noisy because it's a basket case and this one's very quiet, I now can make rational judgments. Well, this one here is a basket case, but guess what? Three people use it. It's only available on the internal LAN. Eh, I don't really care about it. But this one is hypercritical, and it only has two things, but it's hypercritical. We're going to go fix those two things. So it, it, it's really to get a, a, a map or a landscape of your suite of applications by doing sort of a baseline check. And then from there... You can manage your program much more intelligently because you have visibility now into into the, your whole suite of applications. Like I used to, I used to ask at, at conferences like, "Raise your hand if you have too many AppSec people," right? And obviously, no hands raised. <laughs> and my other favorite one now is to say, "Raise your hand if you know all of the applications that your business have." And I had did that today, and I had I don't know fifty some odd people in the room, and I had one guy raise his hand. Yep. And I, I've never worked in a place where I knew them all. You just find them. You turn over rocks and like, oh, crap, there's another application. You know, yeah. marketing launched this thing, and then somebody else launched this other thing, and that's just how it happens. I still can't believe one person raised their hand. Yeah, I know. I was kind of like, I wanted to go question them, but I was in the middle of a talk. Probably, <laughs> probably <laughs> has one app. We have one app. We have so one app, so I know all of it. It's yeah. a big monolithic thing. It has everything else in it, but it's one, we call it one app. So... When I, so if I think about the AppSec pipeline, so can I, is, it, is it correct for me to think of this as a toolbox of things that I can borrow? I, I can take these Docker containers and maybe I can assemble them in a way and in an order that might be different than how you approach it. Yep. But so it's it's a it's so for me to use the AppSec pipeline, I don't have to follow. It's not going to give me steps A through Z. Nope. It's it, going to give me tools. It's going to give you a bunch of Lego blocks in different colors. And if you want to do red, green, blue, that's cool. But I like blue, green, red. Okay. And it doesn't really matter. And it's okay that we have it's, – it's, it gives us – we still get the same end result of yep. baseline security testing that fits our organization. Yep, because I, I didn't want to be prescriptive because I've worked in too many AppSec programs. To, you know, to, to, I just know that fundamentally none of them are, are the same. I mean, there's similarities – but they don't, like the internal way that apps are developed, we use GitHub, we use branches, we use tags. There's all sorts of different ways you can run an AppSec program. So Aaron and I were very conscientious about making this sort of abstract, which also makes it a little bit tricky to explain sometimes. Yeah. But it also has the benefit of, I'm not going to tell you, no, no, you must run them in A, B, C. If you want to do C, B, A, awesome. If you just want to do B, awesome. You want to do D that I don't even do, awesome. Doesn't matter. Okay. So what... How would you recommend somebody get started with this AppSec pipeline? Say we have you know some of our listeners who've, like me, had never really heard a whole lot about it, didn't really understand it. Now they've got a grip for what they can do with it. Where do you point them to start? Ah, so 
the project has some documentation on it that gives sort of a high level abstract generic chart of like this is your template for AppSec pipeline. I would say that's probably a good place to start. Um, and then the uh, GASP tool, or actually the GASP-Docker, the one that I, I wrote and is up on GitHub, that one um, is, a, is an implementation of the tet if you think, well, let me go back, I'll back up a step. There's different phases in the pipeline. There's intake, right, where you have things coming in. I have, my boss is telling me I must check X. There's a PCI assessment. We just rolled a new app, whatever it is. There's some sort of intake, right, mm -hmm. that happens. The next phase of it is triage. I look at what I have coming in and I need to do something with it. Okay. The middle phase is testing. I need to test it. And then the final phase is what we call delivery, and that's putting stuff into a vulnerability repository like Defect Dojo, okay. and then pushing out metrics and reports and bugs into bug trackers. Mm -hmm. So the, the GASP tool is really designed for that testing phase. It's, a, it's an implementation of how you can do testing automation in that middle slice of the AppSec pipeline. Um, Dojo now is feature-rich. They've done a ton of commits uh, in the last month. Um, that really you could use Defect Dojo to handle your intake and your vulnerability repository. The first time I did this, uh, you know, and I'm learning, we actually had two different apps to do it, which was sort of cool because we could, I could work on app A and my coworker worked on app B. Okay. Um, but the problem is you have to keep those in sync. Yep. And like the application named in the first one isn't named as the first, you know, the, the second one and it's syncing them and my ID seven is your ID 12 and it just made it complicated. So in, in Subsequent in installations that I've done of the AppSec pipeline, we've simplified it into one piece. Okay. Code, you know, like uh, application-wise. Conceptually, so, there's two, right? You have intake and you have delivery, but if you can have one app that handles both of those, you're way further up. So the, the template, though, is the place for, for somebody brand new, just pick up the template, start studying that as a way to l look for... You know what are the pieces they should add in? Yeah, and you can go to YouTube and and put in AppSec pipeline, and a bunch of my previous talks are there. Okay. Um, and I've been doing these talks for a couple of years, so you can, if you really are like into history or something, I guess you can watch the evolution of them yep. or watch the latest one if you want to know my latest thinking on it. Because a lot of this was like I did a talk on this shoot four years ago, and I even I hadn't really conceived of the idea of an AppSec pipeline, but I knew what I had wasn't working. And my okay. old way of sort of doing AppSec, and I said this in my talk, you know, like I think traditional AppSec in the I have a week of testing, and you know, this is, oh, you're done, let me test it. That, that doesn't exist. Yep. If you have a place that, like at Rack, we had 75 deploys a week, there's no testing window. You just yep. test when you can, and as quick as you can. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, okay, so, so that, that'd be a good place for folks to start. Um, so real quick before we wrap up here, you are back at OWASP. I am back at OWASP. Okay, what, what is your role at OWASP? Uh, what is my title? Uh, I am the Director of Community and Operations. Um, so what that really means is I handle a lot of the, the back-end processes um, to try to manage uh, chapters, projects, membership, all the kind of the services, in essence, that, that OWASP Foundation provides to its members. Okay. Um, some of those are better than others, and we're going to update a lot of them because they need some help. And then the other side of it, the community side of it, is primarily chapters. Because that's our sort of boots on ground, local, you know, collections of people um, that, that help this organization be successful and get the word out, you know, to the, your local area. They meet usually monthly. Um, so check your area. We have on the OWASP wiki, www.owasp.org, a list of all the chapters around yeah. the world. 220 some odd of them. 
So yeah, that's that's my kind of oversee chapters and then just the processes and the, the IT-ish stuff yeah. behind the scenes. And that's that's a great advertisement for, I'm, I'm the co-lead of the Raleigh, North Carolina chapter. Mm. And so yes. uh, if for any of our listeners, if you have not been to an OWASP chapter meeting, find one. Like Matt said, there's 220 of them worldwide and they're in most major cities and it's just a great opportunity to go out to a non-commercial so yep. a lot of meetups these days it's all about the sponsor and you got to listen to somebody drone on for 20 minutes about their product or something that they're doing right their magic not at, box not at OWASP yep. <laughs> that that, uh, that that's not what we do so it's all about education and networking and the connection side and so yeah that's that's exciting you're going to be a part of that and i'm guessing you're going to be making some more you know, more big improvements in the future. We're, we're hoping well. to do a lot of that. And it was 10, almost a little over 10 years ago in 2008, I, I found OWASP. And that was when I was working as a solo app set guy at this, you know, one to 120 ratio uh, place. And, and I tell you, it, particularly if you're kind of the lone wolf, like going to an OWASP meeting and sort of being, for me, I was able to sort of hang out with my tribe yeah. and talk shop. That was so useful because at, at, at the day job, I was kind of, you know, an isolated little island of AppSec in the sea of people doing things and, you know, making apps and whatnot. And it was very nice to be able to go and, gosh, I had this thing with this, you know, app and it wouldn't do this. And I could, you know, commiserate with a friend or get some ideas from a friend. And, yeah, OWASP, I love it. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point for the people that are out there that are operating on their own or in a small group. It's a great place to get different perspectives. And in my experience, people are very open People oh, yeah. are willing to share and talk, and there's no NDAs or anything required. People just share things, successes, and things that are you know broken, and, and they're wide open. So it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Matt, thanks for taking the time here today. We really appreciate your perspectives and teaching us about AppSec Pipeline. And um, yeah, good luck as you continue here with the OWASP Foundation. All right, great. It's been th Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and visit the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Bourne and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.